Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Holy Shoot Podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. I'm your host, Broderick, and joining me today are... Buongiorno, Jason. It's <laughs> a very uh, what, Italian introduction. It's me. I'm Sam. I'm not Italian. I, I knew that would disrupt you, Sam. It did. It threw me off. I'm not Italian. I am part German, but I don't know how to speak any of it, so I'm not going to try. Bonjour, Monsieur Leighton et Monsieur Norris. Ah, uh, oui, je uh, study GCSE Francais uh, aussi. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I don't know what the French word for study is. Look, I'm English, all right? We don't do learning other languages. Parlez-vous Francais? So, uh, are we not... <laughs> are we not doing this episode in Japanese? I figured we might be because it's oh, a G1 episode. We, we uh, can try. I know even G1. less Japanese. Yeah. Uh, uh, that means good morning. Uh, Jason san. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Showing off our extreme knowledge of the language, the noble language of Japanese. Apparently, it's a very difficult language to learn. I've been told by someone who's tried yeah. learning it, and she just went, no, nah, don't bother. Well, it wouldn't be Jason-san, it would be Norris-san. See, it's already confusing. I don't understand things, okay, Jason? It's been 36, 37 episodes of this podcast. I've lost count. Come on. <laughs> it, it, it's it, Yeah, it's very confusing. Right, we're not doing it in Japanese, fair enough. How is everyone? Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's the G1. I I love New Japan. I'm intensely hyped, which is why we're doing this entire episode. I'm just looking forward to the Chicken Wing Festival I'm going to in the weekend, so that's my priority sorted. Yeah, that's a very London event, isn't it? A Chicken Wing, yeah. a chicken wing yeah. Festival. A, a Chicken Wing Festival in Peckham on a rooftop listening to R&B music. Woo! Yeah. Oh, is it at Frank's? Uh, no, I, it's, I, I'm not sure. I know I haven't been to Peckham really. I don't think so. It should be an interesting experience. Being in the west side of London, I very rarely go southeast. You don't go south of the river. There's nothing there. Oh, that's offensive. <laughs> Do you that's actually? Nice. Wait, hang on. Am I the only person who lives north of the river in London? Well, I, 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 I live north of the river, but you know, south well, yeah. ain't too bad. Once you go south of the river, it's just a wasteland of like empty just waste ground with teenagers kicking bins around and that's all no houses no buildings it's just the wild west down there yeah you know i mean <laughs> I've been to, I, I mean i've been to denmark hill so i kind of agree with you but uh... <laughs> no in all seriousness peckham is a great part of the city and it's also very cheap so you know that's an advantage probably the only place you can get a pint for less than four quid in central that's not weatherspoons uh oh, yeah about to say i'm trying to think yeah wow shit really oh, i'm looking forward to it then yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's good they'll probably this is a festival they'll probably charge me six pound for the pint so oh yeah. yeah but you get free chicken wings as well so you know there's no, that. no no it's pound a wing oh wow so you're paying to get in and then you're paying for the wings yeah i didn't really think that were through no, this is like the WWE's treatment of their workers. 
but it's the chicken wing festival treating the attendees of the chicken wing festival you know not it willing to put be, in the extra cash sam it might be a great festival so you it, know. it might be yeah i should stop shit talking it because i'm not going yeah yeah you, you you're just gel you're just gel yeah how about how about your week jason how's it been I've been doing it's been a pretty busy week for me work stuff has kept me pretty busy um but it's it's a, it's a good weekend into the bookends on Sunday and last Sunday we went to Wrestle Queendom 2 which was a really fun show mm. and then then this Saturday I've got Woking Party in the Park which will be live music and beer and stuff like that which is local to me so that's either side of a very busy working week. Oh, cool. Anyone exciting playing at Woking Party in the park? No, there's normally like someone who was in status quo with his new band or and, and like a jam tribute band. It's that level, but it's fun because they do oh, that's always... beer yeah, and like exactly. bouncy castles and candy floss. That sounds pretty good fun. Bouncy castles and candy floss. Yeah. Jason, <laughs> the oldest person in this group and the man child <laughs> of this group. <laughs> Anyway, uh, swiftly moving on, as uh, Sam said, he's looking forward to the G1. We're all looking forward to the G1, and that's why we have the G1 special episode right here this evening. Uh, So, yeah, we'll be previewing that straight after the break. Like a G1, like a G1. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, like it's like G, it's like a G6, but yeah. Uh, Does anyone remember a, a that G1. song? <laughs> yeah, no, no one remembers that, but you know, that was a reference from my university days. Yeah, there's one person uh, listening being like, "Ah, oh, they're speaking my language." Yeah, uh, to be honest, it's not even my language. I didn't even like the song, but anyway. Nobody did. Uh, so <laughs> RG1 special preview whatever you want to call it, uh, will be broken down into two sections. The second section, which comes after this section, will actually break down blocks A and block B. Uh, talk, And we'll talk through about each entrant into each block, then achievements, and discuss potential exciting uh, matchups. However, in this first section, will be our New Japan Primer, our G1 Primer, if you will, explaining the format to uh, rookies. Um Many Sam explained to me and Jason essentially. Uh, talk about how the card is structured, alternate days, undercard tags, and stuff like that, and how to watch the G1 too, since it is a long yeah. series, in a good way, but in a long series of uh, wrestling matches. So, Sam, since this is what you wanted to do, I did. Uh, little insider knowledge, the Dave Meltzer of. Uh, <laughs> podcast is me uh how how how, uh, where do you want to start um so i thought the best thing to do would be to talk about the g1 rules and just a a general overview of the tournament because it is is a tournament uh rather than just talking about g1 if you uh sorry about new japan if you want to know about their factions in more detail uh go and check out the new japan youtube channel because they've got loads of good video series is that are like about the formation of bullet club and chaos and so on uh, so we'll, we'll spare you that here um also i could talk for fucking ages about that stuff and you don't you don't want to hear that so uh we're just going, right. 
the the G1 rules in in a nutshell. Uh, it's a league-style tournament, so it's not single elimination. Uh, there are two blocks of, I think, 12 wrestlers in each block. Uh, is it 10? It's 10. Okay. Uh, and in each block, every wrestler will end, will wrestle every other wrestler with a point system, kind of like football. Uh, you get two points for a win, one point for a draw, and no points for a loss. Um in and then once you every wrestler in each block has wrestled every other wrestler, uh, then you go through to a final with the winners of both blocks. It's quite a neat storyline way of keeping hot feuds and stuff separate while still giving people plenty of matches they like. And it means you can build to like a really big match in in the finish. And you don't give all the matches, all the big matches away in in this one big month. Uh, so if you win the G1, if you win the final, then you win uh, the G1 briefcase which is kind of like the money in the bank briefcase for wwe but it works a bit more like a normal kind of title in that the briefcase winner usually has at least one or two t briefcase defenses between now and wrestle kingdom in or between the end of g1 which is the end of august and wrestle kingdom in january uh, we might get one of those at royal quest actually it's it's kind of like it's a common match to have as the top match on like a b or a c show um, so no one's ever actually lost the G1 briefcase. So it's kind of like a, a New Japan trope to just expect the briefcase winner to win the briefcase. But this, everyone always says, this could be the first year that the winner loses the briefcase. Um, so we'll see. Um, so that is essentially the G1 in, in, in a very short nutshell. It's, it's a brutally long um, wrestling tournament. Uh, something that's important to remember during the G1 is that New Japan has a rule where if you're able to score a pinfall on a champion in any non-title match, so that could be a singles match, it could be a multi-man match or a multi-man tag, so even if the title's not on the line, if you pin the champion, you get a title shot against the champion. Uh, and that counts even if in between you getting the shot and you pinning the uh, sorry you pinning the champion and your match date they lose the belt you still get a match against the current champion so you don't lose your opportunity or have to wrestle someone for no reason. Uh, so for people, Sam, oh, many people pin the champion in this in this kind yeah, of yeah actually. It, it because of the nature of the tournament there's lots and lots of upsets lots of space for upsets because it's like a 30 day long wrestling slog you can have kind of lower card dudes scoring a, an upset pin um, like for example two years ago evil who was kind of a mid-card guy he pinned Akada, and that was right at the start of Akada's like demon power run with the with the heavyweight champion championship so that was quite a big deal and that's explained away because the night before or, or the, you know before Akada had a really brutal match you also get things like um we'll talk about this a bit later but oh, oh no maybe we'll go into the details now um you, you it the way that the the tournament runs you have alternating days so on one day you'll have all of the a block singles matches and then the following day you have all the b block singles matches and on those cards the, the guys who aren't in singles matches that night take part in multi-man tag matches which are used with like lower card guys or junior heavyweights to set up storylines and so you sometimes get things like a heel wrestler in that multi-man tag will single out and target like a particular body part from one of their opponents to soften it up for the following day and things like that so you can kind of explain away the upsets that way okay and how does this work with will osprey in this tournament yeah that's a good question 
I don't know. Is he? Is he's not in the same block as Shingo Takagi either? No, he's not. So um, I don't know. Yeah, there's no other juniors in this tournament except Will Ospreay and Shingo, and they're in different blocks. I guess because nobody, they don't need to give that match away again. Is is Kenta classified as a a junior heavyweight because he's new and he's. Uh, well, in WWE, when he was Hideo Tommy, he was less than 205. So. Yeah, he was. So he definitely, he's like, he could fit into junior, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just put him straight into the heavyweight division. Because I feel like in America, Hideo Itami is relatively unknown. In Japan, he's the top guy from Pro Wrestling Noah, and Pro Wrestling Noah is really big in in Japan. Not as well known as New Japan outside of Japan. They have a lot less Western wrestlers, but it's still in in Japan mm. itself. It's massive. So- Sam, what's the what just? Oh no, we're going off a tangent. What's the weight limit for the junior heavyweight? Is it a weight limit division? Because I'm just looking at you got Zack Sabre Jr. and you've got um, Kota Ibushi in the same block as Will Ospreay. So is it, are they guys that could you really challenge for the junior belt if they go down that Possibly. route? Possibly. I think I actually don't know if there's a weight limit. I always think of the junior division as more experience rather than weight, yeah. um, because you get like guys like Shingo Takagi. He's relatively new to the company, but he's a big lad. Like he's, yeah. he's not going to look out a place in this tournament. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. And Ibushi's challenge. Well, Ibushi has been Intercontinental Champion this past year, so he is more of a quote-unquote heavyweight wrestler. Okay. I guess. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll have to see how this one pans out. But it seems like when it comes to Okada, if he gets pinned, so he could really lose every match and have a, a run of like nine contenders in yes. theory. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And that's that's what makes uh, watching the Champions matches so exciting during the G1 is you could see a real upset leading to like a, a really impressive singles match later on. Like, for example, Zack Sabre Jr. had a title shot against Okada last year because he beat Okada during the New Japan Cup, which is similar to the G1, like a very gruelling tournament, lots of matches in a short space of time. So he kind of was able to get Okada's number in that. And, and get the get the pin. So yeah, the A block looks pretty exciting for that reason because there's quite a lot of champions there. Um, I don't know how it's going to work with the Rev Pro title either, because I know New Japan quite often treat it like it's their own title, but yeah, it is a different show. So I don't know if anyone pinning Zack Sabre Jr. gets a shot on the uh, at the Rev no, Pro title. I I don't think they would. Um. <clears throat> so but that's that's kind of an overview of the tournament and things you need to know about new japan and obviously the card structure uh, also i should probably mention c block at this point it is a stupid joke um it, it doesn't really exist so tell uh, so what normally happens in the undercard is some of the heavyweights will get paired up with people who aren't on the g1 tour as tag partners so for example i don't know if you remember seeing john moxley beating up shota umino after the match and then like taking him away like this is my young boy now those guys are going to be tag partners for this tour so um Toa Hanare and uh, David Finley, two of the lower card dudes, noticed that they had a special singles match at the end of the run. And so they decided to make their own G1 tournament called C-Block, where, yeah, it was essentially the same rules, but for tag matches instead. It was all a bit silly. David Finley won it in the end, but none of the Japanese crowd or Japanese commentators know anything about it. So it's quite fun reading Twitter afterwards to hear the Japanese commentators be like, why 
why does he have that trophy? What's he celebrating for? I don't understand, which is, is quite good. And also it shows, you know, New Japan showing awareness that they've got viewers overseas and that they, they you know, we've got our own stuff basically in the show, which is quite nice. Um, so, so, oh, yeah, sorry, you go. Uh, I was going to ask one question. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting this year that they're going to open the G1 in Dallas, uh, Texas, instead of uh, actually in Japan as part of their expansion into the US. Mm. What are your th- What are your thoughts on them kickstarting it in the United States instead of actually, you know, keeping it in Japan? Yeah, it's an interesting decision to start it in the US instead of just having more kind of big shows in the US. It- Considering the likes of John Moxley, Juice Robinson, Jay White are not in that block as well. No, exactly. I mean, they are. So they are on the first night in Dallas. They are giving away a rematch of the final from last year, Akada versus Tanahashi. But you're right. There's actually no American wrestlers uh, except Lance Archer, who nobody's really heard of, on the card for for night one. So it'd be interesting to see how full the arena looks. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it will look pretty full. Like, yeah, you know, D- Dallas is a surprisingly good wrestling town uh, for for the South, I would say. So, oh, okay. I, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know about kind of regional American wrestling, but it, it it's cool that they picked a busy town and hopefully they'll get um, a decent crowd. But I guess it makes sense that they would have the first night be the American one out of all of them. Because if, if you look at the dates, all yeah. the other all the other nights are like, maybe there's one day off between maybe two, but not many. Ooh. So it would be hard to get everyone over to America and back to Japan again. And they're obviously not going to give the final away in America because yeah. it's a Japanese wrestling tournament. Yeah, it's quite odd as well how like night one and night two are like a week apart as well. Yeah. I think that's pretty interesting. But yeah. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, interesting storylines kind of taking away maybe a little bit from the idea that the g1 is this grueling thing but i guess you have to fly halfway around the world between two shows yeah maybe maybe but uh yeah 36 days uh how many nights how many nights before we get to the final course i guess there must be 10 surely 18 nights oh blimey i know you're right yeah 10 from each block plus a final yeah yeah, uh, nine nights. Yeah, nine. Yeah, it's still it's it's a long time. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so in in with, with that in mind, uh, if you're gonna watch the G1, my advice would be, uh, unless you really, really, really love wrestling, do not try and watch all of every show because you will burn out. I love New Japan, and I always try and watch every show, and by the end, I'm just like, do you know what? I don't care about this bad luck file match. It, 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 you just get horribly burned out. So think of it like a football tournament, like the World Cup, right? If you're going yeah. into the World Cup, you wouldn't necessarily... You watch all of the matches that your country's team perform in, and maybe you're um, kind of... You've got a <coughs> background from multiple different countries, so you'd watch, you know, the other country's teams. Brod's shaking his head. Um, he's he's Scottish, so yeah, he doesn't normally get to watch uh, his team in f- first. First and foremost, <laughs> secondly, as a football fan, I take great offence to that. Every football fan, like proper football fan, watches every match. Tunisia versus Saudi Arabia. Get in, my son. I'm Never heard it. of half the Saudi Arabian team, but still watch it. So you know. Oh, okay, maybe my analogy falls down. And, it's like if you're a fair weather also, football fan. You should have just gone for the Battle at Farley reference. Sometimes you just know you got to say, fuck them. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a very good bad luck Farley reference. Sometimes you do just have to say fuck him. Yeah, um, I, I bet I bet bad luck Farley is saying that about you once he uh he he will definitely listen to this podcast. Yeah, do you know what? He'd be like he'd be listening like this is a great G one preview. Oh, that guy doesn't like me. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you, you joke, but like, bad luck Farley ha- and all of the Tongans have this weird history of like seeking out very small media places like this and then being like, why'd you say that thing about me? It's like, yeah. why are they such good mates with Cultaholic and stuff like that? Because, yeah, they watched all their shit before. Um, yeah. So if you're listening, Farley, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say about you. I love you, Farley. Yeah. Don't- I like it when you beat people up at ringside. I just think your singles matches are a little bit dull. And that weird chokeslam punch thing he does. Don't think much of that. But we'll come to Farley later. So my advice anyway, if you're watching the G1, would be pick specific people or stories to follow. Watch maybe all of the first few nights. And then if you if someone likes you, watch if you like someone, sorry, watch all of their matches. Don't try and watch everything. Well, if, if someone likes you, like from the G1, you should probably watch their matches as well. Mm-hmm. That's true, yes. If so someone likes me. You, oh. <laughs> mate, you're, so many women would be jealous of you if that's the case. He's like the one or... or the one woman I know who watches New Japan. Yeah. Fucking loves yeah. Sonata. <laughs> the one woman you know. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm sure there's I, others. I, th- I thought there'd be a Toriano fan. <laughs> sexy Toriano. Uh, do, 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 sexy <laughs> Toriano. All right. If he wrestles in the UK, we can get that chant going. Yeah. I, if, if he's on a Rev Pro show coming up, I'm so yeah, going to do that. <laughs> At the, at the Crystal Palace show, he got a DVD, DVD chant, which was quite good. And then he's just showing people his DVDs. But I've heard if you try and buy his DVD from him at Western shows, he won't sell it to you. It's just a prop. He's not trying to sell them there. Oh, so, what? Yeah, disappointing. Um, so for those, well, maybe we'll come to this later. But for those of you who don't know, Toru Yano, bit of a joker, comes to the ring and tries to sell all the fans this DVD series he does, which is like a comedy series of chaos wrestlers doing stupid shit backstage basically right, we're going off topic i'm gonna reel you back in yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah I we're getting on to yano a bit um so yeah that i think that basically covers the uh, a little g1 overview slash primer um yeah like i say don't try and watch everything remember there's so much wrestling just skip the skip to the finishes for matches you're not 100% interested in because at the finish they normally show replays of all the big spots in the match and then if it looks cool you can go back and watch it. Yeah, it's good to, it's good to understand. I mean, I've never watched like the whole G1. I normally I try and keep track of it like every day. You know, you check the spoilers and understand what's mm. going on, and I know the big names. But yeah, I'm not someone who's like passionately followed it, so it's good to get some sort of context a bit more to like you know how that happens and the title shot thing i will get can i throw in a couple of things i found out from my research before we did this yeah just because it was amazing me so the g1 goes back to 1991 but before that there was an international wrestling grand prix and before that an msg league in 1983 hulk hogan won the international wrestling grand prix which is i guess you tie into the overall new japan tournament so I was amazed at Hulk Hogan. That's back when he was allowed to wrestle before he just became me, Big Hulk. Showed he could actually go in Japan and win a big, important tournament, which I found very cool. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. Uh, I know a little anecdote about that. So Ooh. he was um, 
he was cutting a promo after he won the G1 saying, and in the promo, he said, I don't care about the WWE belt. I don't care about the WCW belt. The IWGP belt is the only belt that I care about. That's the true wrestling belt. And that's the one I want. And because of that, the New Japan bosses were like, do we actually want to put the title on this guy? If he's that happy to trash his home promotion for money, like how can we be sure he's going to represent us properly? So yeah, interesting, interesting little yeah. little thing there about Hogan. Yeah, it's been going for a very long time. Hogan yeah. trashed something. Well, I never. No, exactly for money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. ninety-one matches in total. I just had a count. Oof. Yeah, it's a lot of wrestling. It a didn't used to always be a league style tournament. It's it's some it's been eliminations and yeah, loads of different formats. When when well. Hogan when it was the Grand Prix Hogan won it was, I think he won it was a league it was a league, but they did some where they were tournaments. I was just researching how it's evolved and changed over time. Mm. It's it, mad. It goes back to nineteen seventy four if you factor in how the world league evolved into the G one. Yeah. Really possibly tournament. wrestling's oldest kind of tournament event. Thing, yeah, mate. So, yeah, it's I mean, a regular occurrence, definitely. I, I mean, the last time it was an actual like uh, single knockout tournament was in 1998. Wow, long yeah. time ago. And that was and that was that was only three days between the first round and uh, the final. So there you go. Wow, uh, very very short. I like the I like the slog. I know not everyone does, but I do. I quite like. It's like like when a World Cup is on. Like I say, it's exciting. Yeah. Or Wimbledon. Or which Wimbledon. Is, which is on and actually relevant right now. Uh, I haven't caught up with Wimbledon. I really should watch some Wimbledon as well. No. G1. Anyway. All, all the G1 matches do have a time limit, so you won't end up in a situation like at Wimbledon. Was it last year or the year before when they had that that men's final that went on for like four or five days? The men's final? Was it the I men's final? There was, there was definitely there's been a couple of times when that's happened with men's games where it's gone to like... like Literally over a course of like eleven hours of play or twenty hours. Yeah, of play. yeah, the, yeah. There was one was ended seventy sixty eight. Uh, that was a few years ago between John Isner and Nicholas Mahu. So there you go. I Maybe watched that's that what I'm thinking of. It was amazing. Either <laughs> it was way. A fir- it was a first round match as well. How pointless. Either way, you won't get that in the G one because all the matches have time limits except the final. What is uh, the time limit? Is it like half an hour or twenty minutes? I think it's twenty minutes for the G one matches. Okay. No, uh, it's it's thirty minutes. Is it thirty minutes? Yeah, I just had a look. Uh the only draw last year was between Okada and Tanahashi, which was thirty minutes. Okay. Good yes. So if you're making your predictions. And then Tanahashi beat Okada in the final, I think. Or were they in the same block? No, they weren't. In- uh, no, they were in the same block. Tanahashi beat Kota Ibushi. That was it, yes. But the one of the last matches on the card was Okada Tanahashi, which was the draw. Yeah. Um so yeah, there there you go. So a little bit of G one history, a little bit of a G one overview. I, I it's my favourite time of the wrestling year and I would definitely recommend at least following one person and their story. Yeah, through yeah. it. Yeah. Well we so that's I'll so for, I'll wait for Broad to do a good segue based on that point. Yeah. Uh so speaking of I've completely forgot my segue, but never mind. Segway, segue, segue. I don't cut this out. Like, I'm going to. I'll save this. So, I think in terms of picking someone to support throughout the tournament, Sam, there are a couple of names that I am big fans of. So, I'll be looking forward to your your thoughts on how they're going to do throughout this tournament. Mm-mm-mm. Which I think is what we're going to go over in the next section after this break. 
I love that we just stole that away from Broad. Good Go work, team. <laughs> that was, it was like a, a three-way link we did there, I think. Hey, you. If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pot. Do it! Do it now! So, welcome back uh, to our second section of the show. And basically, right now, we're going to basically go through one by one on the A block and the B block, give our thoughts on each of the competitors. Uh, You might also give our thoughts on matches that we're looking forward to. Uh, Not just Sam, the experienced G1 veteran that he is, but myself and Jason included. And not only that, uh, maybe a few predictions along the way of who gets to the G1 final. So, Sam, do you want to uh, kick us off? Yeah, so I thought the best thing we do is just go through the blocks and then and talk about each individual dude. Some of them, like, uh, the, we'll go through A block first. Yeah, some of them won't take very long at all. Like, uh, the first entrant in A block, Lance Archer. Do either of you know who Lance Archer is? Yeah, I've seen him. Um, I know he's part of Killer, is it Killer Elite Squad. I've seen yes. him wrestle in the UK at York Hall for Rev Pro. But I don't yeah. care about him at all. No. <laughs> Brad, do no. you know who he is? Uh, not really. I mean, I do, I have heard of him. I knew he was in the Killer Elite squad and Suzuki Gun, which is like a huge part of the Rev Pro thing. But to be honest, uh, I reckon he doesn't even get a single win. Does he still have that awful tramp stamp? Uh, yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the worst it's really grim. Why would you do, yeah. Um, even worse than Batista's belly button tattoo? Oh, that's a, it's a definitely a tattoo off. Yeah, 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 between those two. Um, so, yeah, Lance Archer, uh, we basically covered it. He's half of Killer Elite Squad. He's in Suzuki Gun. Uh, he's normally a tag team wrestler, but now he's in the big singles heavyweight tournament. <laughs> he's there to get jobbed out. He's not. He probably won't win any matches at all, or he might take a victory off, I don't know, Sonada or someone um, due to interference, maybe. He's getting zero. I mean, if he does win, he might win in Dallas. Who's he facing in Dallas? Let me have a look. He is facing Will Ospreay in Dallas. and uh, Bastard Super uh, He's wins. from Never... Texas as well. Uh, ooh, yeah, he'll probably beat Will Ospreay. Fuck. Uh, I've ooh, predicted that wrong. Yeah, but, you know... Super Junior winners never do well in these tournaments, anyway. No, so. they don't. Yeah, no, you're Did right. He, to be expected. When we get to I'm, I'm looking. He's the one I want to see turn it on. So we'll see how it goes. But we'll talk about him in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so next, next in the list is Evil in all capitals. I don't know if you can tell from the way I'm saying it that his name's in all capitals. Evil. Evil. Uh, he <laughs> is half of the Los Ingobernables de Japan. Japan, I'm going to call him L.I.J. after here. Sorry, Los Ingobernables de Japón. I'm going to call him L.I.J. Ingobernables. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I can't do Spanish. You heard how good I was at French earlier. This is not even going to be a starter. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's about yeah dos cerveza por favor that's basically all I can manage anyway the, he's half of LIJ's heavyweight tag team along with Sonada who's in the same block that's a bit 
a bit weird. Uh, he had, if you want to check out a good match he had last year, uh, he had a match with Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental belt at Power Struggle. Jericho obviously won, but I think it was probably one of the more underrated matches New Japan put on last year. He's He is genuinely a great singles wrestler, even though he does come to the ring with like half of Poundland's Halloween stock. Um, and yeah, he could be the the breakout singles guy in this tournament. He's um, there's also a bit of tension in Lij. Obviously, at the end of the Li, Lij matches, they do the Lij power salute thing. Naito puts his fist up, and they all bump fists with him in the air. Um, at the last show, I, can't, I think it was the Southern Showdown. They all went for the Lij salute, but Evil was like, "Nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not doing that with you guys at the moment." So some tension there. So I love evil. I think just by name alone, I absolutely love evil. So, um, but joking aside, he got 10 points last year. I kind of expect the same, but I think he's going to get like a couple of upset victories. He obviously beat Okada a year or two ago, uh, which was like fucking huge, obviously. And then he had that match with Chris Jericho. So they obviously like him. It's quite interesting that you mentioned the LI, potential LIJ issues and the fact that Sonata is in this block as well. And, you know, Evil vs. Sonata is probably going to be the match to watch out for. Um, yeah, for sure. For those, two, for those two gentlemen to see how that plays out. And, yeah, I think it could lead to some interesting storylines. I think it could lead to both men who are incredibly popular into singles pushes, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but I think they need to break up the tag team because I'm pretty sick of seeing Gorillas of Destruction versus Evil and Sonada. It's Gorillas of Destiny. Dest- Destiny, sorry, not Destruction. God, I'm not doing very well today. You're the New Japan fan. I know. Look, I just call You're them You're the G-O-D. New Japan. <laughs> the New Japan. I'll take that. But yeah, it, it, yeah, they need to break it up. This could be it. I don't think he's going to leave Suzuki. Uh, not Suzuki Gun. I don't think he's going to leave LIJ. But uh, still interesting tension there. Um, so, yeah, if you want a Japanese wrestler to follow, then Evil might be your guy. Oh, he's uh, my guy. So we'll move on. Bad Luck Fale. We were talking about him earlier. Um, he is a, a big, big hoss type dude. He doesn't really do exciting matches, but he is in the Bullet Club, which means there'll be lads showing up all the way through all of his matches to do heinous stuff. Last year, uh, during all of... Because Tamatonga and... Was Tangaloa in it? No, just Tamatonga was in the G1 last year. And whenever it looked like he might be losing, Bad Luck Fale and all of the other Bullet Club guys turned up to beat up their opponents and get the matches disqualified. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens this year as well. Yeah, I I fucking love Fale. I mean, I mean he is the shittest wrestler in this tournament by far. Yeah. Um, but uh, fuck him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Fuck him. I just love the fact that he's a fuck him. That's, that's his thing. Yeah. I don't, First I match don't interview. I mean, Fale, what did you think about that match? And then he just stands there for like thirty seconds and then goes fuck him and walks yeah. away. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the dam of New Japan. Um, yeah. But yeah, joking aside, I think he gets more points than Lance Archer, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to have very many exciting matches. Skip through to the end. Jason, do you have anything to say about Bad Luck Follow? Um, I think you've got, you covered it as I was just thinking, like, he's going to maybe do better than Archer. But I know enough about, like, the big hoss, but I've never Mm. seen him have a good match or heard anyone say, here's a match you need to see featuring him. No, exactly. That was your opportunity to just go, 
fuck them and just leave it like that, Jason. <laughs> I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Actually, in, in fairness, Fale versus Okada should be a good match, but that's because Okada is kind of like AJ Styles in that he could have a good match with like a concrete block or a fridge or a brick. Um, you know, so that's nothing to do with Farley. So moving on to the Golden Star, Kota Ibushi. Who, uh, one half, who does oh, wrestle inanimate objects <clears throat> as well. He does, yeah. Very well known Ibushi. for wrestling. Like, uh, did, did he have the match with the blow-up doll? Oh, that pissed off Corny. Yeah, yeah, he did. And he's won the DD, <laughs> uh, DDT Heavy <laughs> nice. the DDT heavy Metalweight title. Ibushi's won it loads of times. Uh, he also likes shooting fireworks at himself, which he did outside a Resistance Gallery show. He's a nutter. He hates necks. He hates people's necks. Every match, his, his goal is, I'm going to kill all the necks in this match. Uh, so you could see that from, for example... His match, including his own, I should say. It, it, you know, he's not fussy whose neck it is. Uh, oh. So that, you know, should explain his match with Naito at Destruction, where he took, uh, sorry, at Dominion, where he took that horrible bump, or the Will Ospreay giving him a concussion by elbowing him in the back of the neck. Yeah, he's a he's a, a madman, Koto Ibushi. And he won Block B last year, right? Yes, he close, did. a very yeah. close block. I was going to say, last year, I saw in block B, four people had like 12 points. So was it then based on their record against each other? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's based on who's had the most wins over all the others. Uh, I think actually last year, the Golden Lovers match came down. That was like the match that decided it for that block. Because I think Ibushi and Omega had been like even up until that point. So it was their match on the last night of the of B block that decided it, and that was an extremely good match. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, this is almost certainly Kota Ibushi's year. He's probably going to win the whole thing. He's been a free agent for ages, and this is his first year in the G1 as a full time New Japan only dude. So I think they he's definitely one of my picks to win. Yeah, he's also one of like. I I have a three-way tie on the A block. Uh, he's, well, not three-way tie, but uh, he's just under my actual pick to win the A block, which might prove controversial. But yeah, Ibushi is a close second for me. Uh, I think he's, yeah, the way the way it's been like teased throughout the year so far, it seems like Ibushi is going to possibly win the G1. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, so that's Kota Ibushi. I mean, I think most people have probably heard of him anyway because he is a famous nutter. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a shame that he wants to destroy his own neck, but there yeah. you go. Mate, if you ever want to look up the most Kota Ibushi thing ever, look up his finisher from DDT. I think it's called 20 Sai or 26 Sai, and it literally is. He picks his opponent up into like a vertical drop or a vertical suplex position, and then he just drops them straight on mm. the head. That's the move. He got banned from doing that in New Japan, unsurprisingly. Um, so anyway, moving on from Kota Ibushi's hatred of next, we next have Kenta, a.k.a. Hideo Itami from WWE. Next. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, from NXT and 205 Live. Mm. Um, but mostly NXT. Let's just remember him on NXT 
the good times when he was breaking people's skulls and giving them concussions. Um, so why this is significant is because in, in Japan, there's a lot more company loyalty than in kind of Western wrestling. I mean, there's obviously a bit of that. If you're a WWE guy like John Cena, you're a WWE guy. But in, in Japan, it's much more acute. It's, it's yeah, uh, it's the reason why. Uh, for example, Neville, when he got out of the WWE, he could have picked any company to work for, and he immediately went back to Dragon Gate, who, while they're a great promotion, not the biggest promotion in the world. So this is significant because Hideo Itami, Kenta used to wrestle for Noah, who are like the second biggest company in in Japan. They're they're actually pretty pretty popular. Um, so yeah, that 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 was why it was such an upset to see him immediately come back to wrestle on New Japan. A lot of Noah guys were really pissed off uh, to see him appear there, especially because he kept it so quiet. Uh, so he could be great, but equally he could get injured in the first round and have to sit out the rest of the tournament. I'm I just don't care about him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm completely honest. I think I just thought I saw how little he cared in the last couple of years. I know that might be the <coughs> WWE thing, but. I never saw him be that amazing in the ring, and I'm not that impressed in anything he's done. The innovator of the GTS. Um, All I know is he's hurt a lot of people, and himself. Yeah, that's part of the Japanese style, and I think, you know, when he goes to WWE, you should rein it in, but at the same time, he was... But even the uh, Japanese style, I'm, you shouldn't break people's jaws. No, <laughs> no, but if you want to complain about him, then you've got to complain about several others. Um... Yeah, it's unfortunate what happened to him in Dodo and the fact that he got lost in the shuffle. Uh, debuted on Raw on the main roster, then sent straight to 205 Live. No wonder he was disinterested. I think he definitely put on some road weight. Um, when I watched that Fatal 4 at the Royal Rumble earlier in the year. Oh, yeah. And he, he literally gave no fucks in that match. I don't blame him. Like, it was, you know, he's thinking, well, you know could be a bigger star somewhere else and here he is in new japan you know with cool looking takeover shirt um yeah that it, shirt was it, cool i think he's gonna have a good tournament he's been endorsed by shibata he won't win it um but he's gonna be somewhere in the middle of the pack like evil sonata yeah i reckon so i think this could be i, I i'm waiting to see basically what his matches are are going to be like because he might just phone it in jason's right might just be that's his his attitude to wrestling in general now. I he mean, doesn't really like I it. I mean, if he phones it in the New Japan, he's going to go nowhere. Yeah, indeed. Um, uh, but he might have he might be another one of the breakout guys in this tournament. I think a lot of Western fans haven't seen that much of him because uh, I think a lot of them will have come to New Japan or Japanese wrestling in general, like myself, after he signed for WWE. So yeah, we'll see. Maybe he will impress us. Hmm. Um, so the next guy on the card, if you don't know his name, you should, because he's probably the best male wrestler in the world today. His name is Kazuchika. Johnny Gargano. <laughs> what? Uh, he <laughs> thanks. He is uh, no Kazuchika Akada, aka Japanese Wrestling Jesus. He is the current IWGP Grand Big Heavyweight Champion, and he's also their longest reigning title holder. Um, he is incredible. As I said earlier, he's one of those guys like Bret Hart who could have a, a great match with like someone standing completely still and not moving. Except Tom McGee. Except Tom McGee. No, that Tom McGee match was all right. It's just, yeah, when you have all the flaws pointed out. Anyway, um, let's not get... There's a match, Carter versus McGee. Oh, someone, yeah, I'd like to see that one. Someone create that on, like, you know, pro... 
or like Fire Pro Wrestling or on WWE just created wrestlers, those two in the ring. Yeah, I mean, Akada could make Alex Jabaley look good for those of you who watched AEW. So, yeah, he he he'll be great. It's Akada. Um, he is like I'm trying to think of a, a, a WWE wrestler to draw a parallel with. Johnny Gargano, why not? He's the Johnny Gargano of New Japan. Ooh, I'm, yeah, he's a heavyweight, so I probably wouldn't classify Gargano and Akada together. I'd say he's more like the. More like the AJ Styles. Yeah. Except uh, Okada doesn't choose his matches. Okada is just greatness. Yeah, I think this guy, I, I did predictions. I kind of I kind of messed up my predictions a bit because I think Ibushi might win this bracket, um, judging by the story. But I had Okada win the most matches, so Okada's going to the final, according to my predictions. Uh, but he'll definitely be up there within the top three. No doubt about it. He's going to look very strong being the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, of now, course. When you said talking about some of the matches we'd love to see, I mean, we're getting towards a couple of the, the British lads that I'm really looking forward to like trying to see some of their matches, but a Carter versus Will Ospreay would be amazing to see. Yeah. So it, what would be interesting about that matchup is uh, they had the, that match, I think, last year. Um, and it was really, really good. They're also in the same faction. So you get like the the kind of interesting face versus face, both of them going at like the clappers to uh, to show that, you know, they, they can do it. And I feel like Osprey, Okada is like a, a mountain that Osprey has to climb as well. To, to make it to the there's a lot division. there right it's the same faction it's champ v champ there's a lot sort of like yeah to make exactly that one interesting. it's going to be great and, and also both amazing yeah exactly they're both wrestling demons yeah that match is taking place in the korokan hall in tokyo at uh on saturday july 20th so wake up to that one but the match i'm looking forward to most is clearly a card of us as bad luck fuck no i'm joking um <laughs> Yeah, no, I th- I'm really looking forward to seeing Okada versus Evil again, just because I think that will that makes a kind yeah. of weird, interesting G1 rematch. But obviously the last night, and I think this is going to be the main event of this night on Saturday, August 10th, night 17, the last night of the A block, Okada versus Ibushi. And I think Ooh, that, uh, is gonna, that is going to decide your winner. Of, yeah, for sure. Uh, a block for that uh, that that is the fine that is the semi-final yeah uh, the a block final isn't it for sure yeah. both of those men are insanely good at wrestling so that that kind of logically brings us on to the next guy in in this block britain's own will osprey uh, he is currently the IWGP junior title holder. He's probably the best junior heavyweight in the world. That's what they call cruiserweights in Japan, for those of you who didn't know. Except what... Shingo is not one. <laughs> oh, yeah, except Shingo. But what more is there to say about this guy, really? Well, you, I think, as you say, you know, it's Big Billy Brexit and Beast with Seth Rollins. Oh, yes, uh... those are the other two things I've got in the notes. Yeah, he's had a big argument with Seth Rollins lately, but Seth Rollins They're did apologise. Yeah. I mean... I mean... Seth Rollins has a bigger bank account, and that's what really matters at the end. Oh of yeah, that's what I, that's what I clearly took away from this Twitter war. <laughs> that I did not care about for one instance. Yeah. So, when it comes to Osprey, interesting because I, I the reason I mentioned your big Billy Brexit thing is because I'm 
I, I'm sure it's probably happened lots, but I've never seen Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr., who is, they are both like the very opposite ends of the UK political yeah. spectrum. So that just appeals to me as well. Very I, different styles, but both amazing. I think not only are they at opposite ends of the political spectrum, they're at opposite ends of like the New Wait. Japan spectrum. In the... Is Will Ospreay a Brexiteer? Yeah, man, he's a Tory. Um, uh, and, and obviously Zack Sabre Jr. is like a socialist dude. He recently uh, beat Yoshihashi at Super Showdown. This is Zack Sabre Jr. now. God, he beat Yoshihashi so- at Super Showdown, and in his closing promo, he said, this belt's going to be buried with me, talking about the Rev Pro belt. This guy, this belt's going to be buried with me next to Karl Marx, he said. Guys, so, guys, sorry. Uh, all i got to say about uh, about Will Ospreay is, in the words of Bad Luck Farley, fuck him. Whoa, Brod's dropped his mic as well. I mean, he's wrong. But uh, we're talking about Will Ospreay. You're right. Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre. Where's he? he he's gone. He's uh, yeah. so Ospreay versus Sabre. I mean, Billy, big Billy Brexit. We, you say the Tory, that doesn't mean he's definitely like pro-Brexit. But oh, no, of course. It nicely no. leads into the, the other match I'd love to see, yeah, Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. Because they're a real clash of styles, which make it so interesting. Yeah, exactly. Completely opposite ends of like the wrestling spectrum. Will Ospreay is very flashy, jumpy and flippy and stuff. Whereas Zack Sabre Jr. grounds his opponent down. And and you yeah. may remember, like when we, I don't know what all the New Japan shows, but we watched Wrestle Kingdom, And they were, they were in my two favourite matches from Wrestle... Sorry, Wrestle Kingdom, not Queen. Yeah. But Eve still, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, and they were the two best matches on the night of me. And they were such contrasting styles. So mm. that's going to be... See those two then in a ring together. I'm okay, sure I can probably so, find it. So political jokes aside, and if you did vote Brexit, fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, I mean, not my cup of tea, but <laughs> I don't think I don't think British politics is anyone's cup of tea right now, to say the least. No. Um, but yeah, I don't think he. Uh, I was using this as an excuse to get a glass of water, by the way. I don't think uh, I don't think he'll do well. Uh, just because of the previous history, I think you'll get two, three wins, but you know, that's it. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think Will Ospreay will get a couple of big wins, but not that many because he's still a junior in this block. Yeah, I think actually one of the wins that he could get might be over Zack Sabre Jr. because then they could have that that match potentially at a Royal Quest or at another Rev Pro show or something. Because some of the Rev Pro matches do make it to New Japan World. So what have I put down on my predictions? This makes great audio. Uh, I have Will Osprey winning that one. Uh, ah. That match, that match is happening night eleven on Tuesday, July thirtieth. So uh, that's morning eleven uh, for yeah, us yeah. in the UK. Bank uh, off work yeah. or something. Yeah, or oh, maybe it'll be on before work. You, you, you never know. But yeah, that that's. Uh, that's happening then. Uh, yeah, I think he will beat Zach Sabre Jr. He'll probably beat Bad Luck Farley by disqualification or something. Yeah. Uh, I, I said Lance Archer won't get a win, but if he does, it'll be on the opening night in Texas against Will. So, yeah. I think that might. Actually, I, think that might I, I think Will Osprey versus Lance Archer could be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that'll be the one kind of potentially a breakout upset type match on the first night because yeah Lance Archer's from Texas Will Ospreay doesn't really need that many wins in the G1 because he's a junior he looks strong purely by being in the tournament at all this is the first year he's entered so he, he he doesn't really need to win many matches yeah 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 so could be could be an interesting one if you like seeing Will Ospreay getting beaten up a lot 
then probably watch his matches in this tournament. Uh, so, so moving on then, we've we've touched on him a little bit. My personal favourite Japanese or New Japan wrestler, but probably won't win the tournament, Zack Sabre Jr. I, I, I've referred to him here as uh, Britain's own gangly tangly octopus man, uh, and he is also the current Rev Pro champion, which is pretty exciting. So I, I don't know if people who pin him get the... Uh, get the time or people who pin him get a chance to for the rev pro title but i wouldn't be surprised if they do um he also calls his opponent a dickhead during matches which i fucking love yeah i i don't know i i think for me like i don't get excited about british guys in new japan for some reason so um except for osprey obviously uh, and the amazing stuff he does but yeah i think that saber jr could have some good matches i'm looking for, i'm i'm really looking forward to him versus Kenta, just because it might upset oh, jason yeah. uh that's happening <laughs> on august 10th uh one other matches i think could be very good we've touched on the will osprey about um i think any matches that saber jr is going to be pretty good yes yeah. he's a he's a he's one of the best technical wrestlers in the and world. he did very well last year he was in, you know, one of those guys on he joint did. points at the top of Group B. So you never know. He could do even better. So a potential upset that I think we might see is uh, Zack Sabre Jr. pinning Okada. He could be one of the few matches that he beats Okada in. Every match they've had has been super close. And also he beat Okada in the New Japan Cup last year to get a title shot. They need to set up for a big match for Royal Quest. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight we should, Championship. We should just would explain be that to people, match. just in case people don't know what Royal Quest is, Sam. So Royal Quest oh, is yeah. a very big deal to us UK fans. It's coming, it's going to be at the end of August and it is a very big New Japan show in London. Uh, one of our, you know, it's about a 10,000 seater arena, I believe. Yes, it is. Yeah, like yeah. So it's, it's a big show. A big event. And they're going to want to put some of the big UK boys on that show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's notable because they've already confirmed that uh, Tanahashi, Okada, and Naito are appearing. So this this could be where we get the setup for for that match. Um, yeah. Also, Willos, uh, sorry, Zack Sabre Jr. doesn't like warm beer. In the post-match interviews, um, they at New Japan, it's presented a bit more like a sport. So after the match, all the wrestlers go backstage and they do a little interview with the press, kind of like AEW does, but it's a bit more kayfabe. And in Will Ospreay's one, uh, sorry, in Zack Sabre Jr. ones, Jr.'s post-matches, he basically complains about the temperature of the beer and calls his opponent a dickhead, and that's the whole promo. So definitely watch them; they're all excellent. Um, <clears throat> So moving yeah. on, we talked about him a little bit. Sonada, uh, I should say that's all in capitals as well, even though I haven't written it like that in the notes. So, uh, What's that? Yeah. Then. Sonada, um, there we go. That he's woke the... me up. <laughs> and everyone else listening. Sorry, everyone. Um, so uh, he's the other half of Lij's tag team. He doesn't talk or say anything, which means his post-match interviews. They're, it's basically just a camera watching him walk past the board where they do the interviews, and that's all. Uh, he had probably the best Yano match. Uh, we'll come to Yano later on in, in when we cover B Block. Um, but yeah, there was an excellent moment where he does this move called the Paradise Lock. It's total bollocks. It wouldn't work in real life. It's like he twists your arms and legs up so that you're pinned by your own body weight and you can't move unless someone like 
kicks you or moves you around. Uh, he put Rocky Romero in the Paradise Lock last year because Rocky Romero's in chaos. It's a different faction. And then while he was lying on the floor, Sonada put the commentary headset on him so he could still take part in the commentary, which was quite good. It was fun hearing Rocky being like, ah, someone help me on commentary. So that might happen this year as well. That'd be quite good. He's pretty solid, probably finish about the middle of the block. His match versus Evil is going to be the one to watch. Yeah, weirdly, I don't have him winning too many matches, but I think I'm wrong in my predictions again. I think I think you're right. I think he's going to finish middle of the block. I don't think they want to distinguish him and Evil too much in terms of like win loss records. So yeah, middle of the block, him versus Evil, uh, which is on just for the listener at home. This is great audio, great audio, great audio, great audio. <laughs> Great audio. When is it? Evil Where versus Sonada, Thursday, Evil... Thursday, July 18th. And it's at Karakoin as well, so that's going to be a nuts show. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that is a great, that's a great day. The only time Bad Luck Fale will have a great match against Carter. Tanahashi yeah. versus Zach Sabre Jr. Ibushi versus Osprey. Oi. Yeah. Ibushi versus Osprey, that's going to be another another f- cracking match after their match at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, Hopefully, neither of them get a concussion this time. Great opener, Wrestle Kingdom. So yeah, that's another. Yeah, July eighteenth is looking like a tasty day. Yeah, uh, and then obviously we just mentioned him last, but not least in A Block we have Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan. He is, if you haven't heard of him, he's kind of like John Cena, except he's kind of a bit less boring. Although actually, no, he does the same kind of match. John Cena's matches, he gets beaten up for 75% of the match and then he makes a comeback at the end, hits five, his, his big moves and wins. And that's kind of what Tanahashi does as well. So, uh, John Cena's not boring, but apart from that, like... No, maybe that wasn't an unfair an unfair criticism. I mean, John, but, Jinder Mahal is boring. John Cena's not. No, but no fair. I, I'd rather watch the John Cena match than the Hiroshi Tanahashi match at the moment, um, which, is kind of strange, which is kind of strange. I'm not saying past. Uh-uh. I'm saying right now, which is kind of strange that I would say that because Tanahashi had a great match with Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. I gave that five stars. Um, oh, yeah, it was a good match. Since then, you know, injuries, and he looked very slow in recent shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously covering up for the fact that he cannot go. Would they, it, would they based, on, based on that board, would they use him to maybe make a couple of stars? I I don't know. Like I had him in my top three for some reason, and I kind of regret it. Uh, it's just because of name value alone. I'm like... Tanahashi's huge. He's going to be up there and have double digits in terms of points. But I, I think that's a very valid point. He, he could be used to make a couple of more stars. And you know, New Japan. You know, they've had they lost a lot of stars in the past year. Um, Gado is a very good booker, and he'll use that opportunity to build stars. If not, Tanahashi will have to pull out the tournament because I don't think he can go uh, to the extent that they want him to go. No, he just looks. Not. He just looks. He just looks very slow. I will say this though, can could we expect Chris Jericho to interfere in one of these matches, considering what happened at Dominion? Hmm. Now that is a question. I wouldn't be. Yeah, maybe towards the end of the tour, we might see Chris Jericho running in on a Tanahashi match. What matches has he got towards the end? Versus Will Ospreay on Saturday, August the tenth, or 
maybe against ah wednesday august the 7th near the end he's against bad luck farley that might be one that jericho does a run in on i don't know if not a run in i wouldn't be surprised if there's like video packages that get played during the match that distract him and make him cost matches and stuff like that as well but yeah you're right he's so injured and he hasn't had a break in about 10 years so he's literally falling apart he like takes enough time off to be able to just about get better but in this respect he is not john cena uh in in that yeah he's in, in, he comes back from injury early but not because he should or because he can um so he's actually had to change his finisher completely he's got a new finisher i think it looks kind of like a standing sling blade but don't quote me on that it doesn't look good basically it's uh not as good as the high fly flow so yeah not yeah. not especially excited he, he i mean i've got in the notes he'll probably deliver on great matches which he might do uh particularly against akada but yeah he he'll be a fun one to watch and the crowd will be hot for him but i wouldn't expect amazing things from him this year the only thing amazing about him right now is his hair yeah he does have good hair i i think i think uh my potential uh match of the a block really is between him and sonada purely to see who has the better hair game oh in the hair off sonada changed his hair at dominion as well he doesn't have the big hair anymore so it will be a hair off he might do it again yeah Mm. i hope i hope he's back there big hair i'm trying to to find where that match is just in case people want to watch the hair off uh (laughs) hiroshi tanahashi versus sonada is happening on saturday july 27th night nine there we go bang in the middle Uh, so i think we're going to take a short break now. That's the full load of A Block. Unless, did any of you guys have anything to you wanted to talk about from that? I think we went over basically everything, didn't we? Yep. Yeah, I believe so. And I yeah. think we're looking at Abushi and Akada at the top. But I would put yes. Zach Saber maybe getting in the mix. Yeah, for sure. I think he'll finish top three. He gets pushed a lot in New Japan, and rightly so. Um, he's quite popular. One thing about Zack Sabre Jr., no Takamichinoku this year, which is a bit disappointing. So we're not going to get that excellent promo about coming over here. But hey-ho, we'll get over it. So uh, that's A Block. Uh, so we're going to have a short break now, and then once we've had the short break, we're going to come back and talk about Block B, and then maybe make a, a few small predictions for the tournament and, and stuff like that. But yeah, back back shortly. This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at watchwrestling.london or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the Meetup page. Well, that was the A block covered, and now we are on to the B block. Sam, you wanted to start with Jeff Cobb. Yes, Jeff Cobb. He's like a big tank boy. Uh, he is indie wrestling powerhouse. He won PWG's Battle of Los Angeles tournament last year, and he also held the Ring of Honor Television Championship for ages as well, had some cracking matches as that. Uh, so he 
yeah, he's one to watch. He probably won't win that much, but he's definitely capable of delivering on the good matches. So he might be another breakout star like Evil. New Japan have been pushing him a lot in when he's appeared for them, so we'll see. I've, I've seen a bit of him. I don't get the buzz, to be honest, but maybe I'm just missing mm. it. I, I, I kind of have that same sentiment. I don't really... I don't really get Jeff Gobb, uh, Gob. I mean Cobb, uh, but you know they're they're looking to expand into America. Maybe they maybe they're pushing. Maybe he'll finish middle of the group. Yeah, he's definitely a much bigger American indie dude than than over over here. He doesn't really get over here very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean that's that's why I don't also know very much about him. So moving on, uh, we have Hiroki Goto. He Hiroki Goto, I bet. People probably don't actually know he, who he is. He's like an, a New Japan pro OG. He's been with them for years and years and years. The uh, pro G. The pro G. I nearly said pro wrestling, but I meant to say OG. We'll go with that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, nobody's heard of him, but he usually has a good match on in whatever card he's on and wh- whatever position he's in. Uh, he's a member of Chaos. He held the Never Openweight Championship for fucking ages last year, and he had some cracking matches with with that. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see. He he's one. If you're not sure whether to watch one of his matches or not, I'd probably watch it. That's the way yeah. I look at it. Uh, he had a fantastic match with Kenny Omega last year, if I remember correctly. I think Dave Meltzer gave it five stars. Yeah, yeah. it's um, he is a stalwart. He'll be middle of the road again. Like he will never be a main eventer, but he's uh, definitely a good wrestler to watch. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the next guy, uh, I think a lot more people in the UK should have heard of him. The Stone Pitbull, Tomohiro Ishii. He is the human brick. He's literally made of concrete. If you've ever seen him, he's like a cube, but made of flesh. And his gimmick is he hits people really fucking hard. Uh, he's the current Never Openweight Championship uh, champion. He won it from Tai Chi at Dominion. Uh, so there's going to be some blood between them. I actually think their match is on the on one of the final cards, uh, I, August 11th. I, I, I've met the guy. He's a lovely guy. I had a long conversation with him. Oh, go, really? go on about that conversation, Jason. <laughs> well, basically, I went up to him at York and asked him to get a picture for my friend. It was just like, five pounds! Five pounds! And that's <laughs> the only English I heard from him. But my friend was a huge fan and pretty much cried after getting his picture with him. And that's yeah. Mike, who's been on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah Mike I'm, is a big Ishii fan. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to his match with Taichi again, just because they had a cracking match. I think it was my match of the night at New Japan Dominion, a show which I gave the A grade to, A, A minus. can't remember. I think it was A minus, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's happening on Sunday, August 11th, uh, along with Juice Robinson and John Moxley, which is a match to look out for too another one to look out for yeah for sure so yeah if you don't know who Ishii is if you don't know get to know he doesn't have a very impressive or flashy move set but he still delivers the goods um, um so. so talking about dream matches just the way i know you're going to lead this into next but Ishii and john moxley may very interesting yeah that's going to be a cracker that one both incredibly brutal, hard-hitting, brawler-type dudes from very different countries with very, even within that sphere, very different styles. So, Yeah, yeah that, that match is happening on Friday, July 19th and night 6th. That's probably one to look out for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that does then logically lead on to the next entrant into the B block. Probably the entry that I think most of us non-Japanese fans are the most excited about. 
Jonathan John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose. Uh, I, I, I mean, do I need to explain who he is? You probably know uh, who he is. I think <laughs> no, anyone I, listening to this I, show probably knows who that is. I, I don't, you know, like... He, he's like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins' is crazy mate. Uh, but he, he left the WWE because they made him crazy in a weird way. And, and now he's in New Japan and he's crazy in a good way. Um, mm. So, lads, uh, what what matches? My kind of crazy. I'm less, I mean, I'm less aware of a lot of the guys in the B block. And I already said about him and Ishii would be good. I wouldn't mind seeing him beat the shit out of Jay Wyatt. That would be quite fun. Oh, yeah. yes. Do you know, I hadn't like... thought about that, but yeah. I think the match I'm looking forward to most... Um, weirdly is on Sunday, August 11th, the one that I just mentioned, in Budokan, Tokyo, uh, him versus Juice Robinson. I think there's a great story to tell, like maybe some symmetry. Juice Robinson gets a win back, setting up a third match between the two for the US Championship. Um, good excuse to set up a rematch. So I think that could be good. I think I have a narrative going in my head that Juice Robinson, because he's so traumatized in Moxie's beating um, in Moxie's debut show a few weeks ago at the Best of the Super Juniors final, I think Juice Robinson will lose a load of matches and get redemption on yeah. the final night against John Moxie. So for me, that is probably the match I'm looking forward to most at uh, in Block B. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's going to be a brutal match either way. It's basically a blood feud, that one. So, I mean, I think basically every John Moxley match in this block is going to be cracking. I think a, maybe a better question would be, who do you think... Moxley's not going to win the block. I think we can all agree that. So who's going to beat him? Uh, I could see ooh. Bullet Club would help Jay White actually go over, I guess. I mean, yeah. Thing, right? Even as much as I'd like to not see it, I can see that, but... I don't know. I mean, I'm not somebody an expert on some of these guys looking at who's in there. Like, who yeah, I, I think John Moxie will get off to like a fiery start. I think he'll win his first four matches, maybe. I think uh, I think Naito will beat him. Yeah. Just because I think Naito, uh, we'll get on to him in a bit. But yeah, I think Naito will beat him, you know, with that, uh, you know, he's a... <coughs> Naito's a big name. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's the most popular wrestler in Japan. Yeah, I think Jay White could beat him. Like, they want to promote him as, you know, he is a former IWGP heavyweight champion. They will want to protect him somewhat, as well as him being leader of the Bullet Club. And in the words of Bad Luck, Fale, fuck him. Uh, I think John Moxley <laughs> finishes second in this group. He could finish second. I So one other match I could see him losing is against Yano. I know that it's a stupid match, but Yano normally picks up a few upset victories, <coughs> and and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they, they they tell a story like, oh, Moxley doesn't take Yano seriously, and then Yano low blows him and rolls him up for the win. Um, yeah. That that wouldn't surprise me. He's yeah. definitely going to be one of the top guys to watch in this tournament. Yeah, he's going to leave with ten or twelve points, I think. Here, I think he'll lose. I mean, I'd say he'll lose to Robinson. Um, White and Naito. I think yeah. that's where he's been. There's maybe to Shingo, you know. Shingo is booked really strong. We'll yeah, we'll to. see. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you like Dean Ambrose, definitely watch John Moxley in this tournament because it's going to be like 
it, without all the stupid shit he had to do in WWE, basically. Uh, so then we'll move on to uh, the most popular wrestler in Japan and leader of the LIJ faction, Tetsuya Naito. Uh, he is, uh, yeah, really big guy. hasn't ever held any of the hasn't held the top title, um, and he's he's currently the Intercontinental Champion, which he started caring about. His his history is he normally doesn't want the Intercontinental belt because it's not the top belt and he hates it. So in the past he's like come to the ring and thrown it around, but he wants now. Now he's saying he wants to be a double champion, so he does care about holding the IC belt because that means he can then become a double champion by winning the G1. That's going to be the story in this. And he's older than I thought. I figured he was like young, but he's 37, so he's like in theory his peak wrestling point. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I think he uh, wins this block quite handsomely, to be honest. I think uh, he wins every single match. Yep. I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be surprised about I, that. I, I, I mean, the reason my logic behind that is clearly they're telling the story in, back in Dominion that he's held the Intercontinental title. He cares about it, as you said, but he wants to become like the first New Japan double champion, if I'm correct. So he yes. wants to be the first person to hold the uh, world title and the Intercontinental title. And um, it's a strong possibility. Yeah, you this know, could the be way the they pushed him in the last two years. The, he's incredibly popular. He has to win at some point, and I think he does win in a Wrestle Kingdom 14. Yeah, yeah, I could see that for sure. Mm. Um, he's not the flashiest wrestler. <coughs> he normally has good matches, but like, there's other people in this tournament who probably have matches you might consider more exciting, but he is very, very good at telling a story and building up mm. drama. I didn't realise he's actually won it twice in the past as well. Yeah, he has, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he won so. it two years ago, didn't he? You could definitely see him doing it again based on that. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, he had a cracking Wrestle Kingdom main event with Okada a couple of years ago as well. Uh, he's a, Yeah, he's a really good wrestler. I, I really enjoy watching him. He's very charismatic, you know. Mm. Um, you know I, one day he might sign with the AEW. Uh, but I'm joking. Uh, no, I, I think he has the most one of the most interesting kind of long-term stories in, in new Japan uh, in terms of uh, like his, his previous time as like super baby face, the stardust genius before kind of ch- turning and becoming more of a heel. And then, yeah, if, if you're interested in hearing that backstory, it's really good. I'd recommend uh, there's a guy on YouTube called Showbuckle, and he does some really good uh, like deep dives into wrestlers backstories. His one on Tetsuya Naito is really, really good. Uh, so yeah, I'd recommend checking that out. Um, as well as all the other stuff. Um, so yeah, that's that's Naito. Any any matches particularly looking forward to other than Moxley Naito Ooh. with him? Um, I think most Naito matches are worth uh, just because he's such a good character worker. It works really for me. Uh, anything with Julius Robinson is great, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look through. Yeah, I think Goto could be a very good match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've both uh, been around for a long time. Who's, so, who's, who's he facing on the first night in July thirteenth? Toriano. Uh, okay, yeah, maybe that. So, moving on. Anyway, well, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll come to to Yano later. Uh, so we've we've talked about him already a little bit. Next in this block is uh, Juice Robinson, who I mean, you probably don't know him from NXT, but he used to be called CJ Parker. Uh, he didn't really make it in WWE, and he went to join the Young Lion system in Japan, which is like their developmental, and that benefited him hugely. He's actually at the moment probably the most loved foreign babyface by the Japanese people. 
Uh, and he obviously has history with Moxley because Moxley beat him for the US Championship at Dominion. A little bit of history I didn't know. When he was in NXT, uh, in the uh, John Moxley, in the interview he did on New Japan uh, 1972 recently, which is their English language news website, uh, he said that, yeah, Juice Robinson was like mates with him and Seth and used to ride with them in the car and stuff. So there's a bit more history even than, than that between the two of them. They're kind of like old friends. So I wonder if we'll see that come out in the G1. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's just going to, as I said, the match I'm looking forward to most in B block under John Moxley is his, is his redemption, which I think will happen in night 18, mm. uh, over John Moxley. And I think that sets up a U.S. championship match, uh, somewhere down the line, uh, maybe even Wrestle Kingdom because, you know, John Moxley's going to be very busy from September onwards. So, yeah. I think another breakout match from this block might be Juice versus Shingo as well. They both have quite similar kind of styles mm. and yeah, both capable of putting on really, really good matches. So that'd be one to, uh, one to watch. Yeah. I think Juice will lose a lot of matches. Uh, yeah. not, so, not because, not because they don't want to push him. I think it's like losing in a way that tells a story. And I think, you know, the way that, I mean, he did win that six man tag at Dominion. So maybe I'm wrong, but I think, I think here the story is how he's going to change in character after that John Moxie match. Yeah, yeah. I think that that was what happened to him last year as well. He lost loads and he was cutting loads of promos about how he needs to do better and then he he pulled it back at the end. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do a similar story with him this year. Yeah. Instead instead of cutting loads of promos, he cut his hair. Yes, he did. He now it looks like he smells better. When he, he used to have dreadlocks yeah. and it, it made him look like he smelled terrible all the time. Dreadlocks do smell terrible. Yeah, they do. You don't wash it properly. And it's a shame because they're kind of cool, but nah. So, uh, from one great hairstyle to another, maybe not so great hairstyle, but excellent <laughs> stuff entering the ring. Uh, the next entrant in the G1 is Holy God Emperor Tai Chi, who is a uh, current Never Openweight Championship and a member of Suzuki Goon. He is a mega heel. He comes to the ring and he sings his own theme song <laughs> in like so, this horrible, smug <laughs> way. It's such a bad theme song as well. It's like a weird opera tune. It, it, in Japanese. it is basically an arrogant Phantom of the Opera meets Undertaker meets bad Japanese karaoke. It is a campus thing on New Japan, in my opinion. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very group cool. So he's not he's not going to have amazingly flashy matches. He is the never champion, so lots of people will be uh, after after pinning him. Uh, particularly Hiroki Goto, the never openweight championship is kind of like Goto's belt in a way. He's held it loads of times. So. You could say his go-to belt. His go-to belt, indeed. Well done. <laughs> um, so another story that we might see in this, there's a very old wrestler who retired last year in New Japan called Takashi Izuka. He used to be like a super baby face. And then some. there was a mad storyline where he like communed with an evil spirit and got this iron glove that contains the spirit in it and that made him go mad and turn into this crazy dude that like bites people and beats up the crowd and stuff like that after his retirement match in which he beat a load of chaos members helped by tai chi he left the glove in the ring and tai chi picked it up and has been carrying it around ever since he hasn't used it yet but since he picked up the glove he started doing way better so will is this going to be the tournament where he uses the glove what's going to happen i hope so 
I, I just want to see him do some weird shit. Um, I, I mean, the, I'm the evil spirit glove. glove. The evil spirit glove is one of the weirdest. I mean, Taiji's a weird ass fucking dude, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's probably the closest that New Japan comes to doing like a, a broken Matt Hardy type storyline. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it should be pretty interesting. Or he just won't use it at all because the other thing New Japan like doing is not referencing things for fucking ages, and then after like a year of him carrying the glove, it becomes a significant thing. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, either way, I mean, I check out a few of his early matches, see if you like him, and then maybe watch watch more. But uh, he's probably not the most important important person to follow either. Taiji, no, he definitely isn't. But you know, I think the one match that uh it's definitely worth touching upon is uh as i said earlier is his match with tomorrow ishii yeah um as you said godo is also worth looking at as well i think the match with ishii is uh on the last b block day yeah it just is. 11 so it's kind of like another sort of mini final they their feud is really has been really really good um so yeah hopefully that'll turn out turn out good uh so moving on from that uh, we're down to the last three guys now. I know it seemed like a slog. Uh, get used to it because the G. This is the G one. <laughs> um, Shingo Takagi, ex Dragon Gate superstar, who left and joined Lij last year. Uh, he's already had several Match of the Year candidates. Most notably, his match against Will Ospreay for the Best mm. of the Super Juniors final, which was uh, uh, like a cruiserweight masterpiece i think it was an extremely good match got five uh, and three quarters from melts three quarters so will osprey's officially broken the, the star gauge then yeah it's, it's the highest rated match this year apparently oh wow so there you go if you haven't seen it definitely check it out uh shingo's technically a junior heavyweight but he probably won't be considered one for much longer after this he is mm. notably larger than all of the other juniors in new japan um so yeah he'll have exciting matches i don't know about any one particular one because he's not in the same block as any of the other smaller guys in the tournament um but yeah his match against moxley should be interesting and juice is he like a potential dark horse winner or is he a middle of the card guy Uh, i think he's a potential dark horse he's not going to win but i think he's going to potentially do surprise people with his matches yeah he was he was unbeaten before his loss to osprey uh in new japan i think if i'm correct sam yes he was yeah 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 so they obviously are pretty high on him uh higher than most junior heavyweights so i think he might unlike osprey i think he might be the one that will pick up more wins um Mm. i don't i mean dark horse but middle of the card in the group at the same time yeah for sure but he he will lose matches here Uh, i think my only concern is how many matches he does lose and how will that kill kill his momentum because if anything he should have gone over will instead over will osprey in my opinion yeah yeah it was definitely it would have been a kind of a bigger victory and will osprey did already have the the junior belt but um, I think he's also part of the reason he might not have won is because they want to move him up to heavyweight. He's definitely yeah, ready. yeah. Oh, he he was ready before he even went into the uh, Super Juniors. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So second last, Jay uh, Jay White. He is a knife pervert. That's just my name for him, because uh, he does look like a kind of slimy, sleazy, creepy dude. He's he's really pale, and he's got like. Weird. He is a Baron Corbin of New Japan. He is the Baron Corbin of New Japan. That's that's, that's a good description, actually. Yeah, that is. Yeah, 
so he famously moved from New Zealand to Japan so he could join the New Japan Dojo and go through the Young Lion system, even though he didn't speak any <laughs> Japanese, which means he's kind of well-respected there. He used to suck really badly, but I think in the last year he started having actually really good matches. That's in-ring. I think on the mic he's really good. I like his promos and stuff. I still think he lacks the charisma and what the it fact to lead the Bullet Club compared to the previous leaders, but... Yeah. He's oh yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, he's okay. I think he's all right in the ring, but yeah, I've never been blown away. So this is my fantasy booking. I want Bullet Club to interfere in his match with John Moxley. It's that they work with John Moxley, and John Moxley becomes the leader of the Bullet Club. Uh, and it suit that Death Rider gimmick too. Yeah, actually. it would, and because he would make the, sense to the, be leader as well. The problem with the Bullet Club in the current era, the Switchblade era, is a blade is not a gun. No, you're right. A blade is and not that a gun. Me. <laughs> but he couldn't be. He couldn't change his name to Switch Gun J J White. No, you could do. You just change your gimmick slightly to something even more violent than a knife. Yeah, you know? true, But true. anyway, I, yeah. So that that doesn't work for me. J White doesn't work for me. It's a shame because, as you said, he's a good promo. He's yeah. good in the ring. Like, there's nothing wrong with him. I like just, the. Uh, it's just I to have no connection. It's just like uh, a Jay White match. When really, he's really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I liked his program with Tanahashi last year for the IWGP belt. He he debuted uh, a new finisher. And when he was asked what it's called, he said, oh, it's called the TTO. And people went, oh, what does that stand for? And he goes, Tanahashi tap out. So that's he named his That's a heel move. Naming yeah. a move after your opponent. Yeah, I do like his finisher, the Blade Runner. Oh yeah, that's cool as well. Is it, he does it better than uh, Bray Wyatt does the Sister Abigail, even though they're basically the same move, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's so much quicker. It's just like yeah, vicious it's, it's, snap. It, yeah, it's like a flick of a knife, if you if, if you will. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Mm. So yeah, yeah. He'll, his matches will be fun to watch for interference. Watching the beginning or the end will probably have some fun moments. Yeah, I put him in the top three of this group. I think it'll be Naito, Moxie, White. As a top yeah. Three. yeah. So last but absolutely not least, my boy Toru Yano, the sublime master thief. I. How do you describe Yano? He's a comedy wrestler. I think that's the easiest way to mm. d- to describe him. I would strongly recommend not skipping a single Yano match. It's like having a nice, refreshing glass of water after you've drunk 12 pints of Guinness. It's like Guinness is nice, but you don't want to drink 12 pints in a row. So, yeah, yeah, he's like a nice break from all the brutal heavyweight, you know, smashing action. Uh, he usually he undoes the, tur- the turnbuckle pads. That's his thing and hits people with them, even though it doesn't really do anything. And he usually wins by punching his opponent in the nards and then rolling them up. So this is one of the comedy guys I think I've seen. Is it him and he hangs out with a guy that wears like a helmet? That's part of the same six-man team. They're like, they just come across as complete comedy jobbers. Do you remember that one? I mean, like a, there's one guy that has like a sort of, almost like a rubber helmet that he wears to the ring as well alongside him. I'm sure that's part of the same six-man team of complete silliness. Uh, maybe. I'm not sure who you mean, to be honest. Yeah, well, I'll look him up. You keep, you Have a look, and I'll keep, I'll keep talking about how great Yano is. He used to be a serious wrestler. He's got, like, he's one of the people who has, like, a legitimate 
amateur wrestling background. He won loads before he became a professional. Uh, and now, yeah, he, he doesn't really do serious matches anymore. Although last year, for the first kind of three matches, he like made a big deal about actually trying this year instead of cheating. And then he lost like his second or his third match and then was just like fuck this i'm going back to kneeing people in the balls and and winning by cheating and stuff his match with ken all the matches he's ever had with kenny omega have been absolutely excellent don't yeah don't miss a yano match he's he's in chaos but he wrestles like a heel uh he tries to sell people dvds i don't know what else i can what else i can really say he's he's great and his yeah. matches will all be short. If you look at his matches from last year, they're all less than 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, oh, apparently accept his match against Zack Sabre Jr. Sorry. Yeah. No, I I think he's a funny guy. I, I just wouldn't put too much stock into him. So, yeah, he's, he's going to finish near the bottom of the group. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He, he's not going to do well, but his matches definitely will be entertaining. It, it's more like, how, how to describe it, you know, it, yeah, I think the Guinness and Water reference is probably the best thing about it. It's just like, yeah, t- time for some comedy. Just, you know, line it up because sometimes, I mean, you have 91 matches in G1. I think you need a break now and again. <laughs> exactly. And Yano is definitely that break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's uh, so Yano versus Moxley. I'm looking forward to. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Moxie will enjoy that match. You know, no, I don't uh, think he will. I think Yano might piss him off quite a lot, which is why it'll be a good legit, one to watch. Legit piss him off. He'd be like, "This is what I want to avoid in WWE." And, yeah, I can't yeah. believe I'm wrestling this gimp. Um, yeah, I, I, which, I wonder. I wonder what he actually thinks. Uh, John Good, the guy who plays John Moxie. Oh, is that Wait. his name? Yep, that's his actual name. John Johnny. Good. What are you guys thinking then for this group? So it's Naito probably winning it, Moxley sort of potentially second, Jay White third, or is it could be something like that? Yeah, I think so. That's why I got to a top three. And uh, I think Ishii will be top of the top of the mid card if that's kind of a thing. Yeah, I think I think yeah, it'll be Ishii Ishii or Shingo um, fourth, fifth. I think Goto sixth. Yeah, and the rest. This Who block knows? is going to be one like A block, la- uh, sorry, like B block last year, where the top guys are all very, very, very close together, and then all the other guys are much further down uh, because they've had ooh, to lose loads. I think Naito runs away with it. Oh, I reckon? know they want drama. I think they want dra- I know they want drama at the end, but yeah, I can't see. I mean, if there is, then it'll be like Naito Moxie at the end, and I think they'll tease Moxie being in the final. But I think the story here is going to be like Naito going for two belts and I think especially with Wrestle Kingdom being over two nights you could have the Intercontinental title on the first night as a minimum world champion (laughs) dying world championship (laughs) on the second night Uh, and you know the other stories are obviously Kota Ibushi he wants to win the world title Um, so I think Ibushi versus Naito is potentially the final, which uh, that's a Dominion rematch from, right? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was the I, match I would... with that botch in it. Yeah. So, you know, could be a perfect time to have another rematch G1 Climax final. Yeah, make everyone really, 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 really scared for their health. So, so who do you think is going to win overall? I, th- I think it's Naito. What about you guys? I think it's probably Naito, and if it's not Naito, it's going to be Ibushi. Mm. 
Jason? God, I mean, my heart wishes it was like Osprey just cause, or, or Zack Sabre because I'm a big fan of both guys. But you're right, it's probably going to be Naito. And I guess Moxley would be a real dark horse, wouldn't he? So, yeah. Uh, I mean, my my dream final would probably be Evil versus Tai Chi over some dark spirits, but um, <laughs> <laughs> why aren't they in the, the same block love. together? Why aren't they in the same block together? Yeah, I know. Just, just, you know put it's too much of a big it. match. They want to save it for later. <laughs> if that's at Wrestle Kingdom, hey, yeah. hey Gato, I know I know you're listening. Please book Tai Chi versus Evil. <laughs> Main event of Wrestle Kingdom Day Two, the big one. Glove on a pole match. Yeah, special singles glove on a pole. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's the uh, I guess that's the G one. Watch <coughs> it. <It's... laughs> I don't know how you wrap this up. We've talked. We've talked about our predictions. We've been through all the people. I've talked about how you should watch the G one. So uh, I. Sam, just to, I guess to wrap it up would be this is going to be all on New Japan World, so that's the way you've got to watch it, right? Yes. And... Yeah. So if you're thinking of signing up for New Japan World, you're going to want to do it right now uh, because it in Japan the way they build monthly subscription stuff is mental. Instead of it just like a normal subscription where you buy it and then your subscription recurs on the same day the following month, they just have a billing day where they bill everyone and then. So if you sign up, and, and for New Japan, that's on the first of the month. So if you sign up at the end of the month, you'll be billed for the last week of the month, and then you'll be billed again for the next month. So the best time to sign up is right at the start of the month, as close to the first as possible to yeah. save money. It is only, it's 999 yen, which is about six or seven quid. So it's not that expensive. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think uh, it's definitely worth subscribing just to watch all of these great matches. Um yeah. And Sam, I mean, I'd love to, like, in a future episode, have you talk about the factions a bit more. I guess once the G1's going, maybe explain a bit more about the teams and stuff going on within it. But yeah, that's one, that's one for another episode. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, it, it, it would be like a huge episode if I started, we started talking about faction history and things like but, that. But I think the G1 would be a good introduction because the, the factions really do matter. They're kind of like camps in uh, UFC or MMA, you know, people mm. you train with all the time. Mm. Or, you know, Shield and oh, no, I'm joking. Oh uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Or or like Shield or like Degeneration X or, or whatever. Factions are cool. They just right, are. Yeah, like right to censor and JBL's cabinet. Mm. Yeah, and the main event muscle men. Yeah. Um, oh no. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, unfortunately there's no factions like that in, in New Japan. So. Um so yeah. yeah, if you watch the WWE and you want to see what wrestling can be like when there's actually good booking, uh, give New Japan a subscribe and check out the G1. So yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to watching a lot of the G1 uh, over the coming days. Uh, we'll probably do a G1 wrap-up show at some point in August. But until next time, remember to give us a like on Facebook. Uh Follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoot Pod. Subscribe to us on all good podcast outlets. Give us a thumbs up or a five-star rating, whatever. Whatever is a positive thing on your podcast outlet of choice. And that is the bottom line because this pod said so. Quickly, Sam, do something funny before I hit stop recording. Oh, yeah. Do something funny, Sam, quick, before I stop. Do something funny. Oh, say something funny. Uh, Woozle Wuzzle.
Uh, <laughs> so I, it, Great <laughs> Simpsons reference. And we'll leave it on that. 